In this episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Lauren Goldstein. Lauren is the founder and the CEO of award-winning and globally recognized business consulting firm, Golden Keek Partnership. Her clients lovingly call her the Biz Doctor, which also happens to be the name of a podcast. Her superpower is helping seven-figure service-based entrepreneurs uncover what is keeping them stuck in the trenches of their business so they can have more freedom, impact, success, happier teams, and can breathe a much-needed sigh of relief. She has been featured in Thrive Global, Huffington Post, Authority Magazine, and is a, and is a trusted expert to Fortune 500 companies like Apple, Nike, AT&T, amongst others. And today we talk to Lauren about the three pillars of high-performing business. Let's find out. And remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionofoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And guess what? We have the beautiful, the wonderful, the charming, the extremely smart, Lauren Goldstein. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. Thank you so much, Lauren. Lauren, it's just a fantastic conversation of Friday Future, but we had to have you back. Now, everyone hasn't heard your intro, Lauren, but please, mm. in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Mm. My clients lovingly nicknamed me the biz doctor because my passion is helping service-based business owners get out from underneath their business with the right operations and teams so they can have true entrepreneurial freedom. Wonderful. And today, Lauren, we're talking about the three pillars of high-performing businesses. So let's start with that. I mean, you are very well equipped to talk about this. Tell us, what are the three pillars? The three pillars are people, process, and profit. Awesome. So now let's go through them individually. So the first yes. one's people. People. Yes. So this is actually one of my favorite ones to talk about. So a lot of business owners actually get this wrong. So this is one of the parts that I really love diving into. So when it comes to people, it's about building the right team for you. So if you haven't listened to our conversation from before with my golden nugget at the end about know thyself, this is where you really get to know thyself. And we use an amazing assessment called Wealth Dynamics, but it doesn't matter what assessment you use. The more clear you are on your unique talents and strengths as an entrepreneur, the more successful you'll be by building the right team around you. Because one of the biggest mistakes that I see, well, there's two, but the first primarily is going and hiring your clone. So Mm -hmm. if you've ever said, I wish I could clone myself. Please stop that. Don't do that. (laughs) Because what happens when you do that is it becomes the blind leading the blind because Mm -hmm. unfortunately you will have the same weaknesses as this other person when what you really want to be doing is looking for people that strengths, that expertise are your weaknesses so that you can stay in your lane going 80 miles an hour with your hair on fire and they can do the things that they are also good at. This also means that the team that somebody else has 
might not be the right team for you. Your first hire might be somebody in fulfillment or operations or systems, or it could be in sales. It just depends. But when you know yourself and you build the right team for you, that's when you create massive momentum and massive leverage. And to that same point on the other side of this coin, another mistake that I see people make is hiring worker bees instead of players. So let me break this down. A player produces profits. They have a plan. They're autonomous. They're team players. They know where they're headed and are experts in their five acres that they are tending to. Versus worker bees, very necessary for a business. But if you have a lean team of, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a number, let's say less than 10, and you're managing all of those 10 people, you should not have a single worker bee that you manage. Because what worker bees do is they create more work for you because you have to do two people's jobs, your job, but then also thinking of tasks for them to do because players are project oriented, goal oriented, whereas worker bees are very task oriented. And so this is the other common mistake that I see people make where they're like, I just need somebody to take this off my plate. Yeah, that's true. You do. But when you can think about it from a more long-term sustainable standpoint, when you hire a player that can actually do all of those things and create time for you versus somebody just taking tasks off your plate, then you actually increase profitability, create time. You can become a time traveler. And it's just a heck of a lot more fun to run with someone than to constantly feel like you're uttering the words, why can't they just do their job? Like, why can't they think of things, take things off my plate? Why can't they read my mind? That's because you've got a a worker bee in that seat instead of a player. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, this is, this is gold because I think we, I think we don't think of these things. We think, well, do I like this person? Do they, do I think they have the right skill set? And we don't really think of them you know, you may not like the individual, but they may be perfectly suited to a particular role. I know that in one of my businesses, you know, I'm I'm such so like hundred miles per hour person, and I I'm jumping, bouncing off the walls, and you know, and I ha- I do hold a lot of being a business owner. I do hold a lot of masculine energy, but this individual, he is, and he's obviously he's a man. He's he's completely opposite to me. He's so slow. He speaks like like a, like a tenth of the rate of me. And um, he, he thinks for five minutes before he speaks for us. I've sent everything in two seconds. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's he's very different from me. And I was thinking when we were going to this new business, I was thinking, how are we going to work? And I was I was thinking of not keeping him to be honest. I was thinking, mm-hmm. I think he's going to work in me. But I remember having a talking to one of my mentors and having a discussion about him specifically. And my mentor said, this may be the person we haven't done the assessment yet because we have to do the assessments as well for him. And um, he said, this may be the person you need exactly your business for that particular role because you are not doing that role. He is. And we don't need someone mm-hmm. like you to do that role. We need someone like him to do that role. And that's mm-hmm. when the light bulb went up. And I, and I realized you don't hire people because they have great skill sets. You hire people for with the right skill sets for the right job. And that's crucial. And especially the skills that are not present within yourself. Because I think too many mm-hmm. times the people we like are who remind us of us, you know, who they who look similar to us, who, who yeah. the kind of people that we would get on with. This individual is not someone I would get on with. I think he's an, a nice person, but we're not going to be friends. Mm-hmm. And but that doesn't mean that we can't be great colleagues. And it was just a light bulb moment that happened for me. And what you just said, 
completely highlighted exactly that that conversation that I had with my mentor. And then I realized, oh my God, how true that is and how we take it for granted. And I had that conversation with him because obviously I've got a mentor, but generally most business owners would not be aware of such a crucial element when they're hiring teams. Business is not made of, of bricks and mortar. The business are made of people. Without businesses, there is no business. You know, yep. the people make up the business. That's, that's the whole point. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I do want to make sure I say this. So when, when we say skill, what I mean is like, who are they in their DNA? Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a great example. So I hate bookkeeping. Can I do it? A hundred percent. Do I love it? No, I do not. But there are these weird people. I say this with love that love it. They love the closed loops, the dotting of the I's, the crossing of T's because it's in their DNA. And so when, when you're hiring, I want you to think about who does this person need to be in the core of their DNA to be successful? Because you can teach someone any piece of technology out there. Yeah. But what you cannot teach someone is if you have someone who's not detail oriented to be detail oriented or yeah. somebody who loves people to suddenly not like people or vice versa. Yeah. And so knowing that who they are in their soul is going to go a long way to making sure you have the right butts in the right seats. hundred percent. hundred percent. I love that. I love that. So then the next pillar would be, um, you said the first one is people. The next one is process process. Okay. So this is when a lot of people think of operations is process. And the thing that I want you to take away from this, if you take nothing else from this process section is how can I make this more simple? Because complex does not scale, simple scales. And so when you look at your process, what I want you to think about is two, maybe three things. The first is when somebody says yes, because most, I'm just going to talk mostly about behind the scenes because mm-hmm. sales processes are different, but I'm going to talk about the back end of your business. Mm-hmm. After somebody says yes, I want you to audit your process and ask what are the steps to get them to that first kickoff call? What happens after the kickoff call? What are the moving pieces that need a human touch that maybe you can automate or systematize? Or where are the moments where things get bottlenecked and lay it out? And then ask yourself, if I was on a remote island in Bali with no internet, no Slack, no email, no nothing, could my team follow this? And if the answer is no, either you have a too complicated of a a process or you haven't actually articulated what's in your brain and put it down on paper so that people aren't skipping steps or you haven't really thought out your process. Because I, I, this is something that trips up a lot of entrepreneurs because we're really good at thinking people can read our minds. And we're like, obviously, you know that. But the truth is we have a tremendous amount of institutional knowledge around our processes that if we don't take and get it out of our brain into a document that is simple, easy to use, and adoptable by our team, then it's just going to sit in there. And then our team's going to get stuck and you're going to be trapped in your business because you're always the bottleneck. And so when you're, when you're thinking about your processes, I want you to start thinking about them from the standpoint of if I sold the business tomorrow, could it run without me? 
And it doesn't have to run without you today, but that's where you want to get it mm. to. And then the same side of side of that coin is if you bought your business tomorrow, would you buy it? Because that's going to illuminate a lot of places in your business where the operations are not optimized. Mm. And so ideally you should have operations around your customer journey, your customer onboarding, your fulfillment, and you just want to keep them really simple. Because again, the more complicated you make them, the harder it's going to be to scale. And I think a lot of people also speaking of scale, and I can talk about this now or later, maybe I'll just talk about it now. There's a difference between growing and scaling. Mm -hmm. And a lot of business owners use that interchangeably. And in my opinion, they are very different. So a growing business is a business where your expenses to get to the next level are are continually in this kind of photo finish with your revenue. Mm -hmm. So in terms of growing, that's normal because you're building things, you're putting in operations, maybe you're increasing your tech stack, maybe you're hiring people. So it's normal to have a profitability margin that's not necessarily growing. It's kind of just staying the same or maybe dipping when you have big investments versus scaling. Scaling is when you are doing the same, well, you're doing more revenue with the same amount of resources. So you might add a person here or there or change a tech stack here and there, but most of the time you have a proven product, a proven product, a proven process, and a proven profitability model that allows you to just have that hockey stick moment. Hmm. But it doesn't happen going from zero to 10. It happens by doubling each time. And when you understand, which I can talk about in profitability, the step costs associated with getting your business to the next level from a process standpoint, you're going to be set up for much more success. And if you've not heard of step costs before, let me take a a slight tangent and I'll talk about this. So a lot of times we'll say something like, I want to double my business, which in theory sounds great, but you have to think about what happens from a process and team standpoint behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that will get you to that. So a question that I ask my clients a lot is if your business doubled tomorrow, what would break? Because that's where the process foundation and operational foundation needs to be really strong. And so if you know that to double your business, that means you're going to need, I don't know, a new team member to do client onboarding, or let's say you have a brick and mortar. So now you're going to need more space or a bigger warehouse. If you don't think about that proactively, then all of a sudden your cash flow is going to be severely diminished. And as we know, cash is king. And if you don't have a viable, sustainable cash flow, then you could very easily be out of business faster than you realize. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundance.com mindsetmakeover.com see inside the workshop amazing okay there's so many nuggets of gold in there that I that I you know that I was attentively listening myself as a business owner (laughs) having my own businesses as well and I was thinking oh this makes sense oh that makes sense and I'm sort of pairing those things up 
And I do agree. I, I think the the processes are really important. And I think once, but and now that I have, I've got businesses in multiple niches, you know, being your online space and the property, and now in in the in the manufacturing space as well. So. I do believe the skills that are required to build one business are transferable to you. Obviously, the, the product or the service changes, but as long as you, the, the system you just mentioned, exactly that, as long as you have the process down and you know what's required in order for you to scale up, in, in order for you to double the business and double the profitability and so forth, because I've got in my mind the business we just literally just bought today, we've completed and signed the papers today, how in my gut, in my target for that is that we're going to double the revenue and keep the profitability at a similar level at least or if not increasing and so we will double the profitability over the next 12 months that's a big call but i'm not going blindly i know what we're going to do and we'll be speaking to our mentor about it and we'll have a strategy about how to do this practically because it is a brick and mortar and we have but we have the capacity for additional staff and so forth. so i'm already thinking of we will need additional staff and the the practicalities behind it hiring maintaining training all of that goes you know beyond what you know mm-hmm. the online spaces so yeah, the processes yeah. are really, really important and you have to understand this. And the same principles apply in the online business because when you go from, you know, making 10, 20K a month to 100K a month and into a, a seven figures a month or multiple six figures a month, you need to have additional staff to be able to handle the onboarding that the, the, the you know, the, you know, be able to take care of the clients and whichever service you provide. Again, additional staff, the training and everything else that goes with it. And therefore, it's not a matter of just, doubling the amount of ad spend and doubling the you know as gurus would have you be just double you know double the ad spend and double this and scale up and whatever if there's so much more that goes into it mm-hmm. i think it's so crucial that the skills that you know you acquire by doing running one successful business that you scale up that can be transferred into any business that i'm thinking out loud and this is the the most important skill set that you need in order mm-hmm. to have be you know into being entrepreneur in the true sense of the word yeah. So I love that. I love I love the fact that you need to be aware of the processes and what is required at different so if you want to scale up, what different processes will be required and how much more input it requires for you to scale or grow, as you put it. I love that. Yeah. So the, the third pillar would be profits. Now talk to us. How you know, talk to us about profits now. Yes. So profits. So yes, this is obviously about what we all define profits as, but the way that I view this is around three things. One, where are your concentrated risks? So where are things, because let's also, if you don't know this, let me enlighten you. Revenue is a lagging metric. If you are running your business on revenue, please stop. Don't do it because it's, it's very hard to do because it's a lagging metric and the revenue you see today could have been generated three days, three weeks, three months before. So it's not a viable way to run your business. So we want to look at concentrated risks. So this is where I look at your business and it's either, it could be a concentrated risk with a supplier. It could be a concentrated risk with an employee. Hmm. It could be a concentrated risk with a client and the revenue they they bring in. Because ideally, you don't want to have any concentrated risks in your business if you can help it. Because if something outside your control happens and you have one of those, let's say your major supplier all of a sudden shuts down and now you're up a creek or this pivotal employee for some reason leaves, that's not good. Or even this big client that's you know 70% of your revenue, 
they decide that they're complete. Like those are all big things that will very surely shake the foundation of the business. So that's first and foremost. The second is revenue cliffs. So I'm not in sales and marketing, but the thing that I do know is your profit your profitability per client vastly increases when you already have them as a client. It costs a lot to get a new client. If you retain that client, it's like sheer profit. So look at your business and look and see where your revenue cliffs are, where the money that you're getting from your current clients just drops off a cliff. And ask yourself, is there something that we don't necessarily have to create out of thin air, but we can reuse, recycle, repurpose to keep them in our ecosystem for as long as possible, still delivering value. Mm. And then the third part of profit is really understanding when all things are moving together, how are you growing your business? Like what is what do you want to grow in your profitability and what's sucking your profitability? So what I mean is, you know, we talked about this in the green room. Every business as it grows has what I call barnacles. These are things that you maybe purchased, people that you have on your team from the beginning um, that maybe got you where you are, but they're not going to get you to the next level. There's lots of different things that can be these barnacles and create bloat in your business. And so when you look at your profitability, having that full picture of understanding where you want your profitability to grow and also what's sucking the majority of your profitability is huge. And it could be something as simple as changing insurance carriers or changing workman's comp, or maybe you need to change how an employee is compensated, or maybe you actually have an employee that is not performing, but you, we all have big big hearts and you're having a hard time letting them go. And so when it comes to profitability, you know, you want to keep more of what you earn. So understanding where your revenue cliffs are, where your concentrated risks are, where your business barnacles and bloat is coming from, then it's actually going to help you create this very lean, high-performing profit machine on the end because you're not having to deal with all the stuff that's accumulated over the years. Mm, I think that's, that is absolutely key. I think uh, most business owners so you know leave all the profit uh, you know the profit side oh my bookkeeper or my accountant will have a look at it but i think the one thing that i've realized is yes we need to have bookkeepers and accountants 100% you know we need to have financial prof- um, um, professionals but we as business owners cannot lose sight of the end goal and profitability and what it means is is crucial to understand, especially the way you just explained it i mean i know this from from you know right from when i first got into marketing it's much easier to sell to somebody you know, a, a customer, than to get a new customer. And that's why all these big companies, are, you know, spend all this money on marketing to acquire new customers. And but then they try to retain them and keep them as well. Loyalty is a big factor. And mm-hmm. um, so, but I think far too many times, and I was thinking back now to one of my businesses. Yeah, it's very. I found it very difficult to retain them after a certain period of time, and I didn't do what you just asked me to do which was, you know, mm-hmm. look at the cliff notes, see where they fall off. Had I done that, and I know I knew the factor was, I know, the, I, thought, I know the period is usually the second, or it's usually after the second year or two and a half years later, something along those lines, especially for the for the high-end program and probably six months after for the, for the monthly membership, 
But why is that? Because they're still, you know, receiving lots of value. They, they still are, you know, and, and the, most people who leave these programs, when they come, they actually do worse off. So they leave and they, they actually then say, oh, well, I was doing really well. Then I stopped. I'm like, yeah, well, then you stop working with me. I can't help you now. But that happens. And it was something that I didn't focus on. I just went, okay, get a new client, new client, new client. Had I focused mm-hmm. on retaining and 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 serving the old ones in a different way more and came up with different ideas to help and serve them more, it would have been a lot more profitable for my business, which I didn't think about at the time. Now that I am, in hindsight, as they say, hindsight's great, right? Yeah. It- so there's a couple of things there I, wa- I want to touch on first, in case you're like, but I don't know what they want. Just ask them. So I do a midpoint check-in as well as a post-project um, feedback form. And in the questions, it says, do you want to discuss continuing support with Lauren? Is there anything that you would like to see covered next? Or in addition to, I can't remember exactly how I phrase it, but having them tell you what they're searching for is a huge weight off. And then the other thing in terms of, you know, understanding that, the profitability is found with lifetime value. The other place that profitability is found is from the clients who love you so much that they bring their friends. Like Mm. that is a hundred percent profitability as well. Yeah. So when you focus on the clients that you have now and giving them a world-class experience, it makes your job easier. It makes their experience better. And it also, you know, they're just, I have a client who I, I adore. He loves me too. He sends me an introduction a week at this point. And are they always a fit? No, but it just goes to show that he's having such a great experience that he wants to bring his friends along. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. I think referrals are the the best um, clients to get. Not everyone, is, uh, you know, when they refer, when it comes referral, are a good fit for you because you have to work on you know, on what works yeah. best. But when they, if they are a good fit, they tend to be an amazing client because they've, they, they've, you had that, you didn't have to convince them to come to you, or or do lots of marketing tactics to come to you. They had somebody they trusted who had a great experience who's referring them to you. And, and usually we do that when it comes to movies or um, restaurants or so forth. You know, someone recommends a restaurant, you go and you're expecting, you're expecting a good service and amazing food because you've been told it. So it has a, it's amazing. Um, and uh, sometimes, actually, most of the time our expectations play a part in the experience we have. So I think that's another reason. Well, yeah, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. So can we go over each of these really quick summaries for each of these three pillars, please? Oh, yes. Uh, So people, do you have the right people for you? Process, what is the most simple way that you can, can, can fulfill and move people through your business that is sustainable and scalable? And then profits, just asking yourself where are those business business barnacles bloating areas that or concentrated risks and revenue cliffs that are sucking your profitability. Wonderful. So on that note, we are going to wrap up. Lauren, tell us where can we find you? How can we connect with you on the internet? So the best way, since you're either watching me or listening to me in your ear, is to head on over to my podcast, the Biz Doctor Podcast. Or you can hop on over to our website. We've got some really great resources there, including our scorecard at goldenkeypartnership.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, which is just search my name, Lauren Goldstein, or on Instagram at it's Lauren Goldstein. And I'd love to connect with you. 
Wonderful. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, remember the links for Lauren will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, down below in the description section, we'll have the links to her. She is amazing. I promise you, um, I've learned so much from her today. And if you need someone to support you on your business journey, I highly, highly recommend get a mentor and do seek out Lauren's help or another mentor's help. But, you know, we're speaking to Lauren today. So I think Lauren's definitely someone you can check out. Do go and see and seek help because it's difficult. Business is entrepreneurship is difficult as it is. I have let's just be very honest with it. It's not an easy ride, it's a roller coaster ride. And we have our ups and we have our lows, and the lows are low and the highs are high. So it's mm-hmm. you need somebody else to support you on this journey, but also somebody who can give you an unbiased, objective opinion or you know, about what can you do to improve your business. Because we're all here to improve your business, to scale up, to to grow into seven, multi-seven, eight, nine figures, whatever your ambitions are it's easier to get someone else who's not biased, who's not emotionally invested in your business to give you an honest opinion on what's required. And this has been vital in my business. That's why I know that someone like Lauren will be invaluable in yours. So do check her out and see how she can help you. And on that note, thank you so much, Lauren, for so much information. I mean, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur that have been for, for the longest time ever, and I've learned so much from you. So I'm sure everybody else has too. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a blast. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me and Lauren today on Wednesday's Money Talkies. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Gokhan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.